Greetings and welcome back to Haftarot, the weekly video cast in which we take a look at the upcoming week's Haftarah, try to understand the basic message of that Haftarah, perhaps a little background about the source and the book of that that Haftarah comes from, and the connection between that Haftarah and the weekly parasha. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom, and I'm delighted to be investigating the Haftarah of this week's parasha, Parashat Yitro, with you together. Important to note that this Haftarah, like last week's, and like several that we've already seen, is uh, a different selection in the Ashkenazi community as opposed to in our community. Uh, the Ashkenazi community, in this case, reads the same Haftarah plus added psukim, but we'll look at our Haftarah, which is 13 psukim, 13 verses that make up the entire chapter 6 of the book of Yeshayahu. But first, a little bit of an introduction to Yeshayahu. Uh, back in Parshat Noach, I, I gave an introduction to Yeshayahu. The Haftarot, both of Bereshit and Noach, are from Yeshayahu. But they are from, as is Leichacha, but they are from the part of Yeshayahu which comes after Perak Mem, uh, where, as I point out here, there is a, uh, a, a noticeable change in the language, in the context, and more, most critically, in the message of Yeshayahu, which is why most scholars are of the opinion, and there are some Rishonim to back this up, that the uh, chapters 40 through 66, uh, and also chapters 35, several other earlier passages, really belong to a much later prophet who operated in the 6th century BCE in Bavel as a prophet of return. As a matter of fact, there's possibilities there's even a third contributor to Sefer Yishayahu, that the last 11 chapters belong to a third Yishayahu lived in Yerushalayim when the third, when the Mikdash was rebuilt, the second Mikdash was built. And of course, there's no reason to think that his name or the name of, of the fellow associated with uh, Perak Mem is Yishayahu, but the contributor. But now we're going to look for the first time at a selection from the book of Yeshayahu, authored by Yeshayahu Hanavi, who was a prophet at the time of Chizkiyahu Hamelech, Chizkiyahu's father Ahaz, um, and his grandfather Yotam, and his great-grandfather Uziah. And Chizkiyahu and Yeshayahu have a, an intricate relationship. As Navi and Melech, Chizkiyahu is a righteous king, uh, and there's much to read about that's mainly in the latter chapter, chapters of that first section, Perak Lamed Zion and Lamed Chet uh, and Lamed Tet. However, we're going to hear about something that happens when Yeshayahu gets his first nevuah, which means that it is his inaugural nevuah. We've already read an inaugural nevuah five weeks ago when we read in the Haftarah of Parshat Shmot in our community, we read the opening passage of Sefer Yemiahu and his inauguration. This is the inauguration of Yeshayahu. So we have to see what it has to do with, um, with Yitro. Before we leave Yeshayahu, I just want to point out several very famous passages authored by Yeshayahu ben Amotz of Yerushalayim. In the second chapter of Yeshayahu, the first chapter is also well known. It's Taftarah. We read before Tishambaav, Chazon Yeshayahu ben Amotz. But the second chapter, which is not read as a part of a Haftarah, but is very famous, is Yeshayahu's vision of the end of days, of a messianic era, where the mountain of Hashem is going to be lifted up, meaning it will be esteemed by all nations, and nations are going to stream to that mountain, and they're going to say, let us go and learn from the God of Jacob, 
because they will themselves recognize that Torah, proper instruction, comes from Zion, and the word of God comes from Yerushalayim. And God will then rebuke them, and as a result, and this is a very famous passage that is part of the UN's logo, if you will. Uh, of course, uh, there's a big difference between meaning it and writing it. That they will take their swords and they'll break them down and turn them into hooks or into plowshares. They'll take their spears and they'll break them down and turn them into pruning hooks. In other words, they're going to take weapons of war and melt them down and break them down and turn them into weapons of life, of production. And then, nation will not lift up a sword against another nation. They will not even learn war anymore. This is the very famous vision of Shayao. It's also found in Micha Perak Dalad with slightly different wording and perhaps Yeshayahu's most famous words, but there's much to learn in Sefer Yeshayahu. We're going to look now on Perak Vav, which is our Haftarath, right here. Um, and we're going to look at the entire piece because it's short. Mishnak Motamelech Uziyahu. So it's the year that Uzi, Uziyahu died, which is the first king associated with Yeshayahu in the first Pasuk of Yeshayahu. Va'eret Adonai Yosheva Kisei Ram Yeshayahu tells us that he saw God sitting on a great throne, an esteemed throne. The bottoms of the throne fill the heichal. So it's as if he's envisioning in the Beit HaMikdash. There are serafim, fiery angels, standing above God. Each one of them has six wings. Two of them the angel uses to cover its face. We'll see why that is. With two, with two, he covers his legs. And uses two to fly. And the angels call to each other. There's a call and response. And what do they say? They're praising God who is holy, holy, holy. And the entire world is filled with him, which is the essential conundrum of God. Transcendence versus immanence. God is kadosh, 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 removed from the world sanctified above the world, and yet the whole world is filled with his glory. And this is Yeshayahu's vision, and by the way, this is why this and the line that we saw from Yechezkel, that we see in Yechezkel, are the lines that we repeat every day in Kedushah, because what do we say in Kedushah? We will sanctify you, you and elevate you, like the speech of the Srafim, and then we all say, we're imitating the angels. That's why we keep our feet together. Kadosh, 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 because the angels have one leg, as is described in Yechezkel. And that's how we recite it. So the lintels of the building started shaking, because of this crying, this yelling out. The house is filled with smoke. And now let's connect this to this week's parasha. What is this week's parasha about? This week's parasha is about two things. The first thing is Yitro, Moshe's brother-in-law or father-in-law, depending how you read it, who comes to visit him and the interaction between Yitro and Moshe. But we'll all agree that that is not the significant piece of Parshat Yitro. The significant part of, part of Parshat Yitro is chapter 19 and 20, the giving of the Torah. And the description in chapter 19, at the end of chapter 20, of the mountain smoking and the lightning and the thunder and the people being afraid is what brings us this vision. This is now Yeshayahu having a similar vision on his own, not the whole nation, but smoke and fire and shaking 
everything when he encounters God. And now we can understand why even the angels need wings to cover their face because being in the presence of God is scary and perhaps is fatal. As we read later in Parshat Kitisa, uh, and, and we read throughout the Nevim of people who encounter God being afraid they're going to die as a result, even the Malachim are afraid. But Omar, what does your Yishayahu say? Oy meiti. Woe to me, ki ish anochi. I am a man of impure lips. And I live among the people of impure lips. But I've seen God. He is convinced that he is going to die. And he's not worthy of this vision. Which, by the way, really evokes what Bnei Yisrael very likely felt at the, at the foot of Har Sinai. Here they were slaves. They complained. They cried. They made it through Yamsuf. They cried again. They got to meet Barsin. They cried again. They got to Rafidim. They cried again. And now they're at the RC9, God appears to them and they could easily feel, who are we to have this vision and we should be afraid and we are afraid. What happens? One of the Sraphim flew down to me, Yeshayahu says, the word Ritzpah in Tanakh, unlike in modern Hebrew, means a coal or brick. And he took it with tongs from the Mizbeach. So this is now a vision of the Mikdash and there's a Mizbeach there, which would mean outside the Mikdash or inside the Mikdash. It's a little confusing, and that's what this vision is. And he takes a brick off the Mizbeach, so it's very hot. By Yaga Alpi, and he touches it to my mouth. Now, this is in the vision. By Yomer, And the Malach says to me, You see that this brick has touched your lips? And now your sin is gone and you are cleansed. And this, of course, reminds us of Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu, who is concerned that he's not worthy. And it may even connect with that famous Midrash about Moshe as a little baby and putting the coal on his lips and, and, and having a speech defect as a result. And now I hear God's voice. It's as if only now he's able to hear God's voice. Just like B'nai Yisrael, then hear God's voice at Harsinai. At mi ashlachu mi Who can I send? Who will go? It says of God speaking out there in the, in the omniverse. And Yeshayahu says, here I am. Now that I'm purified, I'm ready. I'm capable. Send me. So now is the, is the agency. You hear, but you don't understand. You see, and you don't know. And by the way, notice, these are the two functions that are prime at Harsinai, the hearing and the seeing. Seeing the smoke, hearing the thunder, and hearing God's voice, and seeing God's cloud come on the mountain. And again, this repeats here. The connection with the parasha keeps winding in together. This nation's heart is fat. His ears are heavy and his eyes are closed. In other words, he's insensitive. Because if they actually see and hear, and they would, they would think about it, then they would do tshuva. And so I said to God, how long will this last? Until the land is destroyed, essentially. And the land will be desolate. And this is how the Haftarah ends with Yeshayahu's mission. So even though it ends on a sour note, but Yeshayahu's mission is now assured because Yeshayahu has had this experience of seeing 
and of hearing, hearing God's voice and seeing God's presence as it were, and now he's ready to be an agent. And then we reflect back on our Kriyata Torah. We, in, we experienced God's presence. We saw the mountain smoking. We heard the thunder. We heard the sound of the shofar. And now we've got to turn around and we have to say, Will we go and will you send us? Because if you send us, we will go. We've had the experience of Matan Torah and now we are prepared to bring your word to the world. Everybody should have a wonderful Shabbat a healthy Shabbat, and we'll meet next week when we take a look at the Haftarah of Parashat Mishpatim.